Welcome to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope you are equipped by this message from Pastor Tom Lively. For more information about our church, please visit foundationchurchfl.com. Praise you, Lord. I walked out here, I forgot my microphone. I forgot I'm supposed to wear one now. This is serious business we're talking about. Turn those lights, those lights up as high as they can get, guys. As high as they can get. I want to see faces. There we go. Amen. I want to know how to direct the message. I read your faces. Seriously, I'm not kidding you. This is not, this is not, a, this is not a message that I type from the internet. I read your faces and I'll go that direction. If you're not receiving it, I'll yell louder or I'll say different things. I'm not kidding you. I watch and I judge your worship. I'm the pastor of the church. This is what I'm supposed to do. I see where you're at. I'm seeing, you know what I sense today is there's open hearts and open minds and ready to receive. I really do. There's times, listen, the nine o'clock service can be tougher because all of you are just getting up. 11 o'clock, they got up, they putzed around. They didn't, get up at, they didn't get up at 11, most of them, except if it's my son, but they didn't get up at 11. I shouldn't say it because I stay up all night all the time too and I get up that late. But this is serious business that we're talking about. This is out of 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. Perilous times and perilous men. Now, I want, to, I want you to know something. When I talk about serious business and you open up with a line like perilous times and perilous men, you need to understand that that's the opportunity of a lifetime. This is not ominous music. It's not sad times. It's nothing to be crushed from. It's nothing to be worried about. It's, this is the opportunity of a lifetime. You're seeing things that nobody has ever seen before. There's nothing wrong with that. That's good. I'm happy about it. 2020 was the best year of my life. I'm not kidding you. I loved every minute of 2020. Everybody, oh, I can't wait to get it over. 2021's worse. I think it's gotten better. They just locked down all of Ontario, Canada. 15, day, 15 days to flatten the curve has turned into almost as many months to flatten the curve. We are in 13 months to flatten the curve now. Ontario has become a complete police state. Absolute fact. You can pull it up yourself. They're not afraid of the premier of Ontario. Is that the right verbiage, guys? The premier of Ontario? He came out and said, you know what? We're enhancing everything. We now give the police unfettered rights to stop you, to ask you for your papers, to ask you for your, this is Canada. Basically, the mirror of the United States. Basically, a democratic republic, just like the United States. 13 months into 15 days of flattening curve. Think the United States is any better? Michigan is trying to make all their COVID rules permanent. No, where do you get that from, Tom? Just the Washington Examiner. Michigan's regulatory agencies plan to make COVID-19 rules, such as mask wearing, social distancing, daily health screenings, Record keeping and keeping a COVID-19 safety coordinator. Let me tell you something. You try to put a safety coordinator in this church, it's going violent. I'm not kidding you. You think I'm kidding. It's going violent. If they won't leave on their own accord, I will leave them. And I got plenty of goons in this church that will back me up if I'm not big enough and bad enough to do it myself. Safety coordinator, COVID-19 safety coordinator on-site, permanent in Michigan businesses. 
It's the United States of America. So you get a hall monitor. What are you for? They want to make these things permanent. Businesses would be forced to require their customers to wear a mask, whether or not they have been vaccinated or not against the virus. Other proposed permanent rules include requiring sports stadiums to establish safe exit procedures for patrons with dismissing fans section by section. The rules mirror those originally put in place by wretched witless the, the gov- oh, sorry, Gre- Governor Gretchen Whitmer last year, which were eventually struck down by the state Supreme Court. What she did was they, all her rules and all her powers were struck down by the Supreme Court. So she just pivoted to the health department. Americans have to stand up, and it starts with the church of Jesus Christ. If you don't understand that being a Christian is militant, you've never read the Bible. Perilous times and perilous men, 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5. But know this, that in the last days you'll have wretched witless barking her perverted orders from her own throne. And understand something. I'm never going to read this. (laughs) Understand something. If you don't watch the podcast, you don't know this. But you need to understand that these people are perverts. You need to, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi, Wretched Witless, Gavin Newsom, Tom Wolf, Andrew Cuomo, whoever else you, Kate Brown, they're perverts. It's almost a sexual perversion to want to control people. It's sadomasochistic. You'd be like, why on earth would anybody want to control people? I don't know. Why would they? I'm completely disinterested in anybody else's life. Seriously, I don't care what you do. I hope, listen, I hope you choose Christ. That's really my only interest. How you live your life outside of sin or not sin is really none of my concern. I don't really care. But these perverts do. They love to come out and say, you know what, you're essential. I know what, you're non-essential. You know what, today, you're essential and you're non-essential. They love it. They love to see the looks on people's faces as they control them. It's perverted. It's weird. And they're weird people. They're, listen, they've just been part of the bourgeois elite for so long, they have absolutely no contact with reality. They just love to control people. Perilous times and perilous men, but the Lord is the glory and the lifter of your head. Do not be dragged down. Raise yourself up. Shine like a shining city on a hill. But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. Listen to this one, unthankful. They're an entitled nation. You have a bunch of 150 pounds soaking wet with rocks in their pockets, pasty white boys running all over the streets militating for blacks that don't, that don't even want them militating for them. Unthankful rich kids out there smashing up Starbucks. Starbucks gets what it deserves. They're fund them anyway. Enjoy it. Windows broken, fund them. Windows broken, fund them. Nice job, dummies. Unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, 
lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having, now this is for the church, having a form of godliness but denying its power, and from such people do what? Turn away. A lot of, a lot of you don't think you can ever turn away from a person. I do. Turn away. If they're, listen, if they're going to have a form of godliness, in other words, they're going to put themselves together a nice, lukewarm, art church, Skinny G's wearing pastor skip verses with their petting zoos and their face painting and their fall festivals, clowning in front of cameras, you know, doing, you know, church fam 101. They have a form of godliness, but they have no power. They all closed. They'll close tomorrow. I am telling you right now, I said this on the podcast. If Joe Biden came out and said to the evangelical American church, this is what you need to do. And if you do this, nobody will ever get COVID in your church. Every morning at 8 a.m., I want you to go out in your front yard, pull your pants down, play We Will Rock You on your butt cheeks every morning at 8 a.m., the evangelical church would do it. You think I'm kidding? I'm not kidding. They would do it. You'd see it. You'd go driving through your neighborhood and see a bunch of people with their pants down playing it. He could specify it. He could specify it to evangelicals and they'd do it. All you got to do is have Fauci come out and do it because that's who all the evangelicals worship anyway. Biden might not be able to. You stick Fauci out there. He's an expert. Got to be a community partner. Follow the experts. They're in it for our good. 13 months later, Still believe it? I'm telling you right now, most Christians do. There's a local church right now. It's one of the, it's one of the foundation church refugee camps. It's in, this one's on the north side. You have the southern outposts in Port Charlotte. One of the northern outposts is in Venice. People who are scared of this church run there to be placated and sedated so nobody ever hears the word of God, which is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. They just run up there. And here the nice rounded corner. They just closed again until April 26th. Closed. Period. Why? A couple of their staff members tested positive for COVID. Who cares? 85% of those tests are wrong anyway. You go, listen, I, I invite any of you. Go and when you search, go to your computer day and search inventor of PCR tests. Test, you think, I, you think I'm a right-wing extremist? Well, that's true. But anyway, <laughs> you go ahead and you pull that up and you see what you find. And he will tell you this. PCRs were never invented ever to detect the virus. Ever. Before, before this thing ever started, Anthony Fauci said it was insanity to spin a PCR test more than 35 times. We've done it on average 40. That means they spin your genetic material over and over and over again until they find something. You could have come into contact with COVID from 100 yards away and never been infected. You will test positive. You could have had a cold 13 years ago and you will test positive. Facts. It's the truth. So who cares that they tested, Tom? You shouldn't talk about local church. I'm not naming their names. You find out on your own. Bunch of goofballs having a form of godliness but denying his power. A couple of you test positive. There's not a soul on that staff. 
There's not a soul on that staff that can die of COVID. Not a soul. 99.997% survival rate and you close. You have a better chance of dying of the flu. In certain age brackets, you have more of a chance of dying of COVID if you're 80 and obese. 80% of hospitalizations from COVID are what? People that are obese. Tommy shouldn't say, well, lose weight then if that bothers you. Lose some freaking weight. (laughs) Oh, I'm so offended. (laughs) Why why are you offended? (laughs) I'm not, I'm not, I'm fat. I say it. I don't need to lose weight. Why are you bothered by it? Don't go get another tattoo. Lose weight. (laughs) So a lot of people do with tattooing. Instead of actually doing work, they go get a tattoo. Go put some muscle on. If you want to be like Rocky, do both. This is not the good time boy hour. I've been, calling the, I've been calling Christians like this good time boys for years. Friendship, food, fellowship, and fun, the four Fs. They're barely saved that they are at all. Actually, they're only saved when their wives are looking. This is not the good time boy hour. You're around guy, I'm gonna pick on men. They're around men, I've been around them before. They go to these lukewarm churches. They preach internet messages. Their pastor's always trying to look 15 years younger than he is. They just laugh and joke around. There's no seriousness to their walk with God. There's nobody ever being healed. There's no souls being saved. There's no concern about people burning in hell for all of eternity. Everything's a laughing and a joking thing. They believe that Christianity is light and airy. It is not. Romans 14, 17 says this, for the kingdom of God is not eating or drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. What happened to the righteousness? For the kingdom of God is not eating or drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. What happened to righteousness? And by the way, most of the time, the peace and the joy that Christians don't feel that they do feel, is actually not the Holy Spirit. It's actually that they're falsely, they have a false sense of security. They're complacent. That's, that's their peace is their complacency. The Holy Spirit is a goader. Remember what, remember what Jesus said to Paul. Why do you kick against the goads? Why do you kick against the pricks is what he's saying. Like a sand spur. That's how you relate in Florida. There's not a soul in this room that hasn't stepped on sand spurs or has to pull them out of your screaming kid. Like a cartoon. So what happened to the righteousness? And a lot of Christians think that they've mastered righteousness because they've stopped sinning. And a lot of Christians don't even know to stop sinning. There's nobody ever tells them until they walk into a hammer show like this one. Stunned when they walk in here. I'm like, this is how every church was when I got saved. Every church is like this. You walked in, you, you heard hellfire, brimstone, judgment. The only fault of the earlier church, they didn't talk about the promises of God. But if I had to pick, I'd rather go to heaven. 
So what happened to righteousness? People think that that's elementary. It's not. Listen to the verses. Hebrews chapter 5, verses 12 through 14. It says, in fact, though by this time, you ought to be teachers. How many people have been saved here more than a decade? Shout amen. Amen. This is for you. In fact, though by this time, you ought to be teachers. You need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk being still an infant is not acquainted with the teachings about righteousness. Oh, I thought righteousness was the basics. Righteousness is not the basics. Anyone who lives on milk, in other words, they've got a baby bottle in their mouth, which, by the way, the modern church is predicated on making sure that every Christian lives the rest of their life with a baby bottle in their mouth because they will, they will use you to fund their activities so the pastor has a six-figure income. They want to set you up so that you have to come to the teat. You're like, Tom, I can't be that bad. Really? Do you really think that now? There's like one church open in Canada and two open in the United States. You really still think that this, it's the case that the church really wants you to grow? Or is it, listen, here's the thing. What's more powerful, wanting or needing? What's more powerful? What's a more powerful emotion, wanting or needing? Wanting. The modern church just needs you. In Foundation Church, I don't need you. I love you. I want you. That's the difference. I want you, so I tell you the truth. When you're basically a solitary human being like me, I don't require pastor appreciation days. I find them annoying, even if they were all about me. I find my own birthday parties annoying. You're like, Tom, you like attention. No, I don't. Ask anybody who lives with me or near me. Ask the Dexters. They live right next door to me. Ask them how much. Ask them. How much attention does Tom seek from you? They would never even see me if they didn't come over. You know who I stopped by to see yesterday? Their dog. I noticed that Titus was outside in the backyard. I stopped by and saw their dog. I don't, need, I don't need much human attention. I'm not, I want you. I don't need you. Most pastors need you. Never be in a relationship where you're needed. Be in a relationship where you're wanted. Anyone who lives on milk being still an infant is not acquainted with righteousness. Righteousness is Maturity. It's not just stop sinning, but solid food is for the mature who by constant use have have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. That's what happened to the modern church. They're in the soul. Anthony Fauci comes marching in. They can't distinguish good from evil. This is an historic baby butchering monstrosity. And the church goes, well, we'll trust you. You, do, you trust Donald Trump, you're crazy. You're crazy. Well, well, Tom, you seem to have been a pretty big Trump fan. I am. If he runs for president right now, I'll vote for him. He's not, he's not my Lord. 
He, listen, he pushed out Operation Warp Speed, which I believe is skid, greasing the skids for the mark of the beast. I don't live in blindness. I'm able to distinguish good from evil. People who acquaint righteousness with the elementary, like in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1. Let's look at that one. Now, notice how, the, notice how these verses and these sections of Scripture are titled. The one that I just read to you out of Hebrews chapter 5, verses 12 through 14, is entitled, Warning Against Falling Away. This one is entitled, The Peril of Not Progressing. Christians think that you're supposed to get sedated, spend the rest of your life in Beth Moore Bible studies, and sip on lattes. Where's the lost? Where's the miracles? Where's the excitement? Where's the power? One of the most dangerous places you can be on earth. I got this from Dennis, Dennis Prager. It's one of the worst mentalities. If not, he said the actual, actually the worst mentality you can have is victimhood. And that's what you're taught in the church. I'm such a victim. Look how my life has gone. Everybody hates me. I deal with it all the time here. Well, I used to. Nobody talks to me anymore because they're scared. <laughs> I haven't dealt with it for a decade or so. I used to deal with it all the time. 50, 60, 40, 30, 20-year-old people coming up and saying, you know what, this person won't talk to me. This person doesn't wave at me. This person doesn't acknowledge me. The peril of not progressing? You're 50 and you're worried about somebody's facial expressions? You ought to preach. See what I'm looking at right now. <laughs> Hebrews 6.1. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection. Not laying again the foundation from dead works, uh, the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. That right there is elementary. Le what is Elementary. The foundation of repentance from dead works. That's elementary. Righteousness is not. You shouldn't have to continue to hear, although most of you, listen, I always preach it because I know that a lot of people are walking in here from other churches where they were never even told not to sin. They don't, they don't even have milk. They've never been given anything. And I'm talking about churches that call themselves evangelical. Church of God, Assembly of God. They never even hear to stop sinning. They believe that if you tape on the name Jesus on your forehead, you're going to heaven. Because you wear an evangelical label, you're going to heaven. And they never stop sinning. You're not going to heaven. If you don't turn from your sin, you're not going to heaven. It doesn't matter whether you go to church or not. It doesn't matter if your circle is evangelicals. You're not going to heaven. Nobody ever tells them that. We love them too much to tell them that. Really? That's love to you. Lying to them perpetually, it's like wearing a mask around. You might as well, if you're going to wear a mask around voluntarily, I'm not talking about when they force you to. Get on a plane or something, they'll force you to. You ain't flying. If you strap one on yourself, you might as well put on your forehead, I'm a liar. Aaron and I did it last night, rapid fire graphs on the podcast, one right after another. The graphs are worse 
in every state, in every country, will they have forced mask mandates and lockdowns. Worse. Every graph is the same. They all look like that. You want the tip of the spear? Wear a mask around. You're not designed to walk around breathing in that which you're supposed to exhale. I mean, listen, I'm a cop. I pushed around a police car for 25 years and a day. You can say I'm an educated man, but my education's in criminal justice. You know what a criminal justice degree is? That's what, that's what you take when you want to play football at UCF. So you have to put in as little, as little effort in academia as you possibly can so that you can get to the football field. I didn't even qualify to get into UCF. They took me because of football. Back in the day, you didn't have to qualify, they just took you. And they didn't even take me because of, of my football. I played with an all-state defensive back, all-state. That was, that was when all-state meant something. All-state wasn't in every single division. All-state was literally 11 players on 22 people in the entire state of Florida. I played with him. His name was F.B. Harper at, F, at, at Lemon Bay High School. They wanted him. And if we were going to be roommates, so they took me. <laughs> That's the truth. That's the truth. That's what happened. So I walked on. And late, two years later, he quit, and I was still there for five years. And I was on full scholarship, so that, well, that worked out well. People can't distinguish good from evil. They've never been taught. They have no idea. Absolutely no idea. They think righteousness is elementary. It's not. It's discernment. And Christians don't have it. Righteousness is solid food. It's maturity. It's being able to distinguish good from evil. That's why they all fell for COVID. Because they can't distinguish. They're still closing right now. All over the country, still closing. You look at, where's the church in, where's the church in Michigan? Where are you at, church in Michigan? Where are you at? Where, where are the defiers? No, Tom, we're, we're not, you know, rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Okay, then what, why do you send your money to the Chinese underground church? Rebellion means this. Rebellion means that you're, if you get pulled over by law enforcement today and you were speeding, and you, base, you just say, you know what, I'm a Christian. I don't need to pull over. Okay, now, you're, now that's being an ignorant wretch, and you're violating Romans 13, not keeping your church open. You have to stand up against tyranny. Did Jesus violate the rules of the land? Did he, did he violate his ruling authorities? Did he violate Herod? Did he violate the Roman Empire? And Christians will use Romans 13 to close their churches. Paul was arrested. John was arrested. Jesus was arrested. John the Baptist was arrested. Where are you at, Michigan? Well, Tom, if you were there, you would close. <laughs> no way. <laughs> No way. If I, nobody ever, there's only one person that's ever had the guts to ask me to preach in their church, and that's Rodney Howard Brown. But if they called me up there, Jonathan Shuttlesworth will be opening up a church in October, I believe, of this year. He'll, he'll ask me to preach at some point. Those are the only two men that have the guts, because all I do is open the Bible up, just like they do. I open the Bible up. But if Michigan asked me to preach, and they're like, you know, you come up here, it's dangerous. I'm like, fill that church. Fill it. Fill it up. 
I want it so full, it's uncomfortable. I want them smashed in there close to one another, ear to ear, not shoulder to shoulder. Fill it up. I'll, listen, the Lord sets a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I want to mock them. Look at how full we are, wretched. Look how full we are, wretched. The church still can't distinguish this. Righteousness is solid food. Righteousness means right standing, not quit sinning. Yes, you have to quit sinning to be righteous, but righteousness is far deeper. It means you are in right standing. What does that mean? People make it general. The Bible's specific, and Christians make it general. I'm righteous because I got saved. That's true, but you can be wrong about many things in life. If you don't get specific, righteous means right standing. I wrote down some examples. Right standing, being correct on healing. Lots of saved people totally and completely incorrect on healing. Correct on prosperity. Does God want you to prosper all the time? Everything that you lay your hands to, he wants to prosper. Now, where do you get that from? The blue-haired lady on God TV? No. Psalm chapter 1, verse 3. He wants you to be correct on the devil. You need to recognize the devil and his schemes. Locking down all of Ontario so that cops can walk around asking for your papers, you ought to sense that that's a problem. Most of the church doesn't. The Pentagon came out. This is not, not right-wing conspiracy. The Pentagon came out and said it's all over the news. That they are developing microchip implantable technology to read COVID. It's, listen, just go home and search it. It's not on right-wing extravaganza site A. It's national news. The Pentagon's not denying it. They think they're righteous. And so does the modern church. There's evangelicals that left this church that believe that they're right. They believe the Pentagon is looking out for their best interests. I'm like, really? You as an evangelical believer, it doesn't rivet your soul to see that your taxpayer dollars for national defense are being put into microchip and plantable technology for you? Oh, don't worry, it'll be voluntary. It's like everything else they told you would be voluntary. You need to be correct on victory. A lot of people think that their defeat is the cross they bear. What's the cross you're supposed to bear? Most, most people don't know. Perse- persecution or martyrdom. You know why? Because that's the only cross Jesus bore. And you were given all of his stuff. You're a joint heir with Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 8, 16 and 17, a joint heir. So you have all of his stuff, all of his privileges. The only thing he was vulnerable to is persecution and martyrdom because he laid his life down for it. You need to be correct on victory. God wants you to win every single time. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. He always causes you to triumph, Period. Well, I don't think that it's right. You know, I need to learn some lessons. You're a goofball. (laughs) Why would you want to learn lessons that the almighty God doesn't want you to learn? 
You need to be correct on speech. Do you say what needs to be said? Do you not say what doesn't need to be said? Most people struggle with B. Hold back, let your words be few. Need to be correct on recognition, on whether or not you should close your church. Obviously, the modern church doesn't get that. Correct on parenting, correct on marriage. This is righteousness. If you treat your spouse like garbage and teach a Bible study or pastor a church, resign. Resign today. If you closed your church and you haven't repented of it, resign today. These are radical words, Tom. Listen, these are radical times. I tell people at the door, don't ever go back to your church. Seriously, I had a lady come up, and she's from that church that's closed for another three weeks in Venice. She said, you know, good to be here today. I normally attend here. I told her, I looked at her, I said, don't ever go back. She smiled. She's like, what on earth did I run into at the front door? (laughs) Don't ever go back. I've told many of you sitting in this room, I've called your old church as garbage. You know why? Because they're garbage. They smell. They stink. They never crack the Bible open because you're needed and not wanted. You're just, a, you're just a tool for the pastor, for his own life and self-promotion. You know, when, you, when you're a pastor, you need to risk things. You need to risk people leaving. You speak the truth. You preach the word. You need to be righteous. That means correct on all those subject matters and many others that I did not name. Correct, righteous, righteous standing. Not having a testimony that I got saved 36 years ago and I gave up my sin. The modern church living on milk, which is things like this. It's perpetual. No matter what happens, God loves you. God will never give up on you. We'll be praying Vague generalities. That's the modern church living on milk. It's not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. They're not acquainted with the teaching about the promises of God. That's why they all closed. Do you know why people can't worship? Do you know why? You guys, let's, I need you, Heather, over here. You guys, let's, the baby, everybody's watching the baby. All right, so you need to like... We need to focus on the word and on the spirit of God, okay? The, the reason why the church closed was because they don't have a reverent understanding of who God is. Do you know why? That's why people don't worship too. A lot of you struggle in this room because you don't know who God is. So when you hear a song like, I love your presence, there's no reverence of God. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of being smart. Knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. They're not acquainted with training through constant use. Remember, Hebrews 12, 11. Now, no chastening seems to be joyful for the present. No correction, let me me put that in modern words. No correction seems joyful at the moment, but painful. If you go to a church that never, ever causes you pain, you're at the wrong one. The idea of the church is not to sedate you and tell you that you're okay when you're not. 
And there's not a soul in this room, and that includes me, that's okay in everything. There's those of us who are righteous on marriage and not righteous on healing. And when you hear things that violate your denominationalism and you feel the pain on the inside, you're in the right place. No chastening seems joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit, the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. That should be where you're at. If you feel offended when I say to you, mothers, that you need to repent of your life being your kids, and that bothers you, you know why it bothers you? Because it's true. If there was no truth to it, you just blow it off. Oh, that's stupid. It's like listening to Nancy Pelosi. It's like a gnat. It's like a gnat in your ear. That's all. That's what it would be. It bothers you when I tell you, you know, it's your life, ladies, is not about cutting off all your hair. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, I fixed that a couple weeks ago. <laughs> Not talking about it if you have a short haircut and it looks nice. I'm talking about ones that go cut off all their hair. They look like a mental patient. <laughs> also, that life is easier. What happened to the romance with your husband? You cut off all your hair. You look just like him. <laughs> He's in a gay marriage. <laughs> he didn't even know that he was living in Vermont. <laughs> There's a certain element of women that hate my guts, and I like they're like, you know, I get it. I know who they are. I see it. It's because it bothers you. Your kids are not supposed to be your life. You're not, you're not, the order is God, your husband, then your kids, and it's not close. Your whole life is not about getting in that minivan and carting people around. Your job is not chauffeur. I want you to look into the Bible and find what you're called to do. It's not chauffeur. It's not, it's not sports agent. But Christians today can't be trained because nobody even tells them. Nobody tells them, you need to count yourself lucky that we are together. I don't, I'm not saying you're lucky. I said we're lucky. We're blessed that we are together. This is the greatest church I've ever been a part of right now. Right now, in, the, in the, allegedly the worst time in American history. $30 trillion in debt. A communist is president. A communist to the north that's president. It's the greatest time ever because we're together. But people don't ever tell the church anything. Look at Romans chapter 10, verse 14. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? If nobody ever tells you anything, then you will fall for everything. Here's what they need to be told. Are you ready? This has never been a light and casual faith. 
It's not casual. If you treat your Christianity as casual, well, you know, it's a blessing in my life. No, he's a consuming fire. He should be everything in your life. You'll find time for your kids. You'll find time for your hobbies, not find time for God. Well, I work him in. Work him in? He's Yahweh. He's the mighty God of Israel. Work him in? It's startling to some to find out this is not light and airy, good time boy Christianity. They've never heard things like Revelation 20, 11 through 15. They've never heard things like this. And I, saw the, and I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God and the books were opened and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire, which is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Nobody ever tells them that. So they don't even know how to worship when they come into a room. Do you know right there that's a foundation of worship? That you know who your God is? On the blessing side, they've never heard Psalm 103.3, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. They've never heard that. They don't have any expectation of it. They think that a sickness is God's cross. How deceived can you be? You believe that God uses the curse he sets you free from to teach you a lesson? Again, this is why they don't worship. That's why when I span the room with I love your presence, there's a certain number of you in this room that don't know how to worship. You don't know the word of God, his holiness, his righteousness, his fear. It makes you put your hands in the air. You've been taught too long from the Democratic Party. It tells you to worship skin color. and tells you to worship people. All the Hollywood people, oh, look at me when I walk in a room. You just, listen, you ever, you ever look at, you ever been around Robert De Niro when he's not on screen? He's a short little tubby man. He, seriously, unimpressive. Most of Sylvester Stallone is like 5'7". <laughs> Seriously. Rambo, 5'7". And you're like, Tom, you're making fun of short. I'm not, I'm just telling you that nobody's worthy of worship. Every sin forgiven correlated with every disease healed. Jesus said it, he mirrored it. You hear this all the time at this church. I'm aware of the verses that I use all the time. You've heard it before. It's correlated right with Matthew chapter 8, verse 17. He took up our infirmities and carried our diseases. Mirrored in Psalm 103.3, he forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. You're never supposed to be sick, ever. That makes you worship God. 2 Corinthians 8 9, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
That though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. Just like he became sin for you. He became poor for you. That you through his poverty might become rich. That you through his death might become forgiven. Tom, that's the prosperity message. Again, that's the blue-haired lady on God TV. Well, on that, she's right. She might be wrong on everything else, but she's right on that. God wants you to be wealthy. Why would God want you poor? You teach, teach, keep you humble. And you're the one keeping yourself humble by being poor. It's not God doing it. God didn't put you thousands upon thousands upon thousands of dollars in debt. You did that. Not keeping you humble, you're doing that. God wants to prosper you. Why would he want you poor? So that you can't give to the, to the poor? God wants you poor so that you can't pay somebody's bills who's out of a home. During these times right now, we're 60% of the businesses that closed for COVID will never open again. Is everybody aware of that? 60%, Pier 1, gone. Lots of other national companies, they're gone. They're never coming back. God wants you to be poor. Why? Why would he want you poor? And by the way, you're already rich because you're living in America. And it's not just because we're a democracy. You're actually, it doesn't matter how, how destitute you are in this room, you're actually rich. On the blessing side again, Psalm 91. Most of you know somewhat about this verse. You need to have it memorized. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will save the Lord. He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence, which COVID really isn't, but you certainly can rely on that for it. He will cover you with his feathers under his wings. You will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, a thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. That's why I worship. He's worthy. He's worthy of my worship. He's worthy of my chubby body jumping up and down. Naz looks good up here dancing around. Me not so good, but I do it anyway. I don't have her move. She dances around very light on her feet. With me, I think that the chairs move when I jump. I think. It's a concrete floor, but I think that they bounce a little bit. When we had the old stage over here, it was only about that high, and I used to play the MIDI piano, and I used to jump, and it had a board underneath there that I never really knew, Sunday by Sunday. At some point, it could be just like Chevy Chase in Christmas Vacation, where he fell through the ceiling. Yeah. Any moment, it could happen. Hear that little creak underneath there. Five minutes, and we're done. We need to be talking about serious things. We're going to finish with camping in James chapter 4. It says this, verse 9. Lament and mourn and weep. Well, that's not very uplifting. That's the Bible. Bible, sometimes it is, sometimes it's not. Depends on what you need. What do you need to hear? The Holy Spirit through his sword is trying to tell you. The good time boys need to lament and mourn and weep. Instead of laughing and joking and jackering around all over the golf course, 
let's go get some beers. We're all evangelical Christians, but you know, we're all going to get lit now. <laughs> Praise Jesus. <laughs> That's how they are. <laughs> that caught, somehow that caught Terry. <laughs> Chill. <laughs> Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. See, I don't, this verse is not for me. It's not my struggle. I have other struggles. This may be for you to go in and hone in and say, you know what? I need to take this walk with God seriously. You will someday. Remember, in fact, though, by this time, you ought to be teachers. If you've been saved for more than a decade and maybe even less than that, and there's been little to no progress, and what I mean by progress is not, well, I'm growing on the inside. I mean out external, readable fruit. What precedes that verse? Obviously, James chapter four, verse eight. We're going in reverse order. Draw near to God. So we're supposed to lament and mourn, turn our laughter to gloom, right? How do you do that? Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you're double-minded. What's double-minded mean? What does it mean? It means this. I'll put it in COVID vernacular. Well, I believe the word of God, but you have to use wisdom. That's double-minded. It sounds smart to the, to the people who want to sound smart. It sounds smart to the cowards who don't want to take a stand. Aaron was interacting with this guy. I don't interact with him anymore. But Aaron was interacting with his pastor up in, in Largo, Florida. The guy who came out heavily against Rodney Howard Brown when he got arrested. Pastor of an evangelical church. It's actually a church of God out of Cleveland, Tennessee. It was a large church. And he came out. He said, even Rodney R. Brown basically got the governor of the state of Florida to say that churches were essential because we weren't going to be. So, you know, we weren't going to be. I love Ron DeSantis, but we weren't going to be. And this pastor was trying to circulate a petition to other pastors and already had promises of many signatures to deem churches non-essential. So Aaron's interacting with him and the guy's a bold-faced liar. Well, I only said, you know, one thing against one pastor. That's a bold-faced lie. He came out against Tony Spell. Pastor got arrested multiple times in Louisiana against Rodney R. Brown, against Jonathan Shuttlesworth. Well, it was just for a short period of time until I discovered and we only locked down for a short period of time until I discovered what was going on. They locked down from March through October. Seven, eight months is a short period of time. He actually said, I think, just a couple weeks or something like that. Yeah, liar. They're a bunch of liars. They're double-minded liars. Stand or don't stand. Go out and say it. You know what? I'm a lockdown king. I love lockdowns. Get out there and say it. I'm not afraid to say it. Listen, I love wrongly prepared meat. <laughs> love it. I'm going to eat it today. And I love bread covered with cheese. Love it. With wrongly prepared meat on top of the bread covered with cheese. That's why I look the way I look. I'm not afraid to say it. If you're lockdown king, you actually, I should call him lockdown queen, <laughs> then just say it. That's who I am. You're double-minded and you're a coward. 
What precedes that verse? Close and worship team, make your way. I'll close right here. I didn't get to this. I wanted to at least get to a part of it. But as always, I want to invite you to watch the second service at some point during the week. Actually, I'm asking you to dedicate your entire day until one o'clock, and no, I'm just kidding. But watch some point, during the, some point during the week because in the second service, we're talking about the great falling away. Yeah. They don't get what you get, and you don't get what they get. You're like, Tommy should preach the same message both times. Well, you know what? Let's, woo! God bless you, Scotty. <laughs> well, we need to get a building, and then we'll, I'll only preach once, and it'll just be one message. You need to be believing with me on that. Doors may be opening on that. Be praying this week. The doors are opening. The doors would swing wide open, and we'll get a building, get out of paying rent every month. But watch it, because I'm going to talk about the great falling away. You need to watch it. Seriously, at some point during the week, you need to watch it. Last verse, James chapter 4, verse 7. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, which means to actively fight against, and he will flee from you. So to sum up, actually, that's the second to the last verse. In those verses, James chapter 4, verses 7, 8, and 9, you're to actively fight against the devil, and the devil will flee. You are to draw near to God. You are to repent because, you're, because we have the potential to be, or we are, double-minded. We need to turn our laughter into mourning. If we're laughing when we should be crying, we're deceived. Which leads to the final verse for this message today. James chapter 4 verse 10. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord. Doesn't end there. And he will lift you up. He will humble yourself. Go to him today in prayer and say, Lord, where am I at? Where am I at, Lord? Should I turn my laughter to mourning? Maybe you shouldn't be so laid back. Maybe it isn't so light and airy. But it also doesn't mean you live your life with an ominous look on your face and sad. No, he is the glory. He's the lifter of your head. Do not sorrow. Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10. Do not sorrow for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Enjoy your life, but live it in strength. Don't live it in fake joy, in fake love. Live in, live in the joy that's found in the Word of God. The joy found in the Word of God is founded in power, in winning. Not I find joy in the midst of losing. No. This is not the YMCA with participation trophies. Learn the Word of God, which is God has caused me to triumph every time. Amen. Thank you for listening to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope that you have been encouraged and empowered. If you would like to partner with us, please visit foundationchurchfl.com and click on Give.